Pulp MX Network production. Pulp MX fans, we're 550 plus shows and counting thanks to your support of our sponsors. Get the Pulp MX app for iOS and Android today. Save money with discount code PULPMX at BTOsports.com and click the Amazon banner on PulpMX.com for all other online purchases. It's the BTOsports.com Steve Mathis Show, presented by Fox Racing on RacerXOnline.com. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, Season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX Podcast Dallas Supercross Wrap-Up. I'm your host, Steve Mathis. Hey, don't forget about BTOsports.com. They've been in the sport a long time. They're... uh, the world, leading worldwide dealer for all dirt bike gear, parts, accessories, clothing. Proud sponsors and supporters of the BTO Sports KTM team. Been doing this for a long time. And uh, don't forget to use the code PULPMX if uh, I'm on checking out. And you can save yourself some money. Anything you need for your biker body, BTOsports.com has it. And they support the sport. And uh, good guys down there. And we're thankful for them for coming on board. And this, uh, this pod is also presented by Fox Racing. Global innovation leader for motocross racewear, continuing the relentless pursuit to innovate and elevate. Check out the full line of 2014 products, Instinct Boot, V4 Helmet, Airspace, Goggle, 360 Racewear. Uh, they have adult and youth, youth sizes, of course. And uh, for more information, check out foxed.com or visit your local authorized Fox dealer. Dallas Supercross is coming on with me on the show, as usual, to break it all down. Joining me, they were both in Jerry's world to uh, witness the Dallas Supercross, and it is Jason Wygant. Yeah. And Jason Thomas. I was there. You were. Nice press box, JT. Really nice. I, I, You know, there's many things that go into what makes a good Supercross. When you've been doing traveling the series since 1996, like I have, uh, as a mechanic or now as a media guy, you know, you guys get on me about the Daytona thing, but as a total package... Quality hotels, quality of concessions, press box, pit access, pit layout. Dallas Stadium, uh, really good, JT. I like it. Big screen. Dallas is up there. Not going to lie. I actually yep. have never – that was my first time ever going there not as a racer because right. I missed uh, I missed last year for the Indy Trade Show. Mm-hmm. Very impressed. Big giant uh, screen. I, I actually hated the race as a, as a rider because the dirt is yeah. horrendously bad. But now I love it. I'm a big fan. Yeah, nah, Dallas Supercross, folks, put it on the put it on the calendar. Try to make it out. Also, too, uh, the big giant screen. It's awesome. You find yourself staring at it. And Weege, this is two years in a row now. Two fifty East Supercross guys kick it off in Dallas, and there's just carnage everywhere. Yeah, you know, um, when the practice first kicked off, I, I think it's something you know the industry kind of knows. I think it's a little less bad than it used to be. But the first East round, especially the first practice of the day, is the, the unseated practice. I think especially back in the day, you know, you're dealing with East, which technically part of the East doesn't even have good weather this time of year, so the riders are maybe coming in a little less ready. You know, the, the privateer-type guys who don't just get to ride and live in California. Um, I don't think it's quite a big a factor as it probably used to be. I mean, literally, Supercross in, what, the 80s and 90s, the guys from New York probably lived in New York 
yeah. and just drove to the first race. Probably weren't even oh, on bikes. I, I know. Nowadays, most guys go to GPF or whatever, but still. There were still a lot of yellows. Yeah, well, what I was going to say is there's still a little bit of that. You know, this is the first Supercross of the year for these guys, mm-hmm. maybe the first one ever. Do you think the track in Dallas is adjusted in any way, shape, or form around, wait a minute, wait a minute, round seven, we have to remember, could be the gnarliest practice session of the year for 250 guys. Is there any adjustment made for that? Mm, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I mean, the whoops weren't bad. No. Maybe. I thought the whoops were gnarly walking the track, and then they just broke down and ended up just a massive line right through the middle. What did you think was gnarly about them? I just thought they were long. And they didn't. They had a little starter whoop, but they kind of started right out of the turn. And I just, I just, I didn't think they were like you know, um, any sort of legendary tough whoops. But they were a good tough set of whoops. But they weren't. They didn't turn out that way. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, they were really short and pretty close together. Yeah, they were. They were close together, definitely. But uh, I still just thought, man, I don't know. I thought they would give you guys more trouble. But not. Not only did they not give them any trouble when they were fresh, then they broke down and it was over from there. Yeah, I, they built them at the last minute compared to the rest of the track, and they were pretty soft. And they were pretty similar to kind of how I felt they were in 2012. They just uh, a lot a lot more tacky than the rest of the track. And just when they're short like that and they're close together, there's not much room for the front wheel to drop in mm-hmm. for, for bad things to happen. So mm-hmm. that's it's pretty forgiving when they're like that. It's just really hard to get yourself in a really bad spot when yep. the front wheel has, you know can't drop in too this- deep. Does anyone have an explanation as to why before the second no, – I think the third practice. before No, before the second practice, the uh, track guys were watering the first turn? Does anybody have any? Comedy. Pure <laughs> They were uh, taping that. It's going to be on a candid camera. Wow. We saw – I mean, I probably saw myself 10 guys go down in that first turn, first few practices. It was crazy. And then the water – RV, I guess, lit the guy up, but the water after after their practice, and deservedly so, I might add. And someone said, "Whoever did it should have been yelled at." A rider told me that as he was watering, they called the guy, a a Feld guy, over and goes, "Hey, tell that guy to stop watering." And the guy said, "We did ten minutes ago," and he was still just watering, still going. Yeah, yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I don't. I mean, I don't know who this mystery water guy was, but he had immunity to just water. He just could do whatever he wanted. Um. All in all, Weege, though, kind of a lame track. Like, not not their best. The dirt was crappy and short lap times. And there was, I mean, they started doing a, th- a triple in the main event. But then a lot of guys were doing it. And I just, it just was kind of lackluster. Well, yeah, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, there was a lot of carnage. Uh, and it's partially like, well, you shouldn't have a track that potentially causes carnage. Um, the opener of 250 East. But I'm not sure if the carnage was caused by the layout. Or just the dirt. And the dirt, there might not be anything to do about. I don't know. The dirt was obviously a factor. Maybe that was the only factor. But what can they do? I don't know if there's... Obviously, we better have better dirt, but I don't know if they can do anything about it. Why did Jimmy Albertson... Watering tell, it won't work. Why did Jimmy Albertson tell me that the dirt was awesome? After what? Was, yeah. Yeah, I'm still not sure if he was uh, on medication or if he was just messing with you. Well, I looked I, at him when he said that, like, Usually he would smile or something. He didn't say it. He just kept talking. And I'm like, this guy really think the dirt is awesome here? I don't know. I, I, would, I asked you. I actually texted you that this morning. Right. I wasn't sure if, yeah, yeah. if he was serious or he had some kind of mental breakdown or 
Yeah, I don't know. Puzzling. Let's just explain to the people, because uh, if you only get to see it on TV, what you missed was, for sure, the all-time record of yellow flags in practice. Most has to be the most crashes in the history of Supercross practice. It was unbelievable how many crashes there were in both classes, even the top guys. It was crazy. Yeah, um, looking at the looking at the results right here, um, um, Barsha went down, Tickle went down, Hahn went down, Hill went down, Chisholm went down, Way went down, Stewart went down, Justin Sipes went down, Gerke went down twice, Blos went down, Alessi went down, Nicoletti went down. That's in the top. That's in the top twenty, right there. I don't know that's how many. Practice. That's practice. That's that's yeah. that's, and that's just guys I saw. I maybe even have missed some, you know. But uh, yeah, Tickle and Hill both went down in consecutive laps in that watered mm-hmm. turn. It was awesome. Yeah, I didn't see Kenny go down. I didn't see RV or Brayton go down. Or Dunge. Or Dunge. I, I think it was about that. I think yeah. it was it. Maybe four or five guys did not go down out of the forty that made the show. It seemed. I like. mean, we had Alessi knocking himself silly. We had. Uh-huh. Uh, Nicoletti flying through the air um, after coming up short on that quad. Gerke flew off a berm into another lane. Uh, <laughs> like, there were some big, big-time crashes. And then, of course, the yeah, Tickle and, and Hill going down. Han, oh, Han ate crap on that quad, right? Yep. Yep. Um, and, like, a good crash. Stu, Stu hit Nick, so it wasn't a big deal, but they did go down. Yeah. That corner that uh, claimed Davalos a couple times there in the main event, there were guys down in that corner yeah. all day long. Yeah, trying to quad That's out is turn. what it was doing. And they yeah, were that clipping. quad, you're right. Yeah, that yeah. was the quad, yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was nuts, yeah. It's just, yeah. JT, uh, are you with us? Uh, track was lame? I thought the track was design was okay. I just thought that with the dirt, it was so rock hard that there was no forgiveness in it. You know, if you case the jump, it was like casing concrete. So the the repercussions were much higher than normal. Mm-hmm. You know, there was there basically was just no forgiveness in it, and uh, little mistakes became big mistakes. And then basically trying to save something like that without any distraction is virtually impossible. So you yeah. kind of saw, you know, you basically saw the outcome of it when you take away all the traction and then make the jumps that you know unforgiving. Right. You're going to have lots of crashes. Um, and then, and then as well, you have to combat the water lay down on the track. <laughs> yeah, I mean that was only the you know that one turn in yeah. the practice, but it was it was ridiculous though. Yeah. Like I couldn't take my eyes off it because <laughs> there were so many crashes, and then there were a, about twenty near misses where you thought guys were going to crash. Yeah, yeah, their back ends would just step out on them, and you're like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, all right, um, what else? We each uh, Dallas as a whole as a race. You like it? Yeah, but I don't think we're saying anything that's going to blow people's mind. It's a billion-dollar stadium that's known the world over as this unbelievable thing. So when we say it's really actually a really good place to go, uh, you think? You think the press box is nice? Conce- what do you expect? It was a billion dollars, and it's, it's only like five years old. The concession nice. the concession prices we each have to just put you in utter, utter shock and disbelief. Yeah, but I mean, uh, hey, that, that goes to the territory. And uh, what happened? I thought we had a guy offering this weekend. What happened? Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. Some guy said, "Meet us down here. I'll buy you whatever." Pulled pork, I think, was what he said. Which I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not eating pulled pork. I've never have. I never will. Um, what? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm just not really? into it. But oh, okay. I feel pretty weird meeting a strange guy to buy us food. Like, really? Like, 
the ultimate stereotype. Like, yeah, we're coming down, and yeah, we'll take your free food. Weege, have you no shame? Do you have no shame? I don't even, I don't even understand the words you just said. Was that French? <laughs> what was that? I don't know. I just felt weird, man. I mean, we could have, I guess. <laughs> uh. um, the pits are always free. Yeah. If you know the right places to go. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, place is awesome. And the weather was really good this year, which is weird because at Dallas, you never know, man. You never know. We yeah. talked about it last week. It snowed there one time in April. Oh. Snowed. Literally was snowing. So I went – I was talking to a team before practice. No, um, before the night show. I think after the second set of practices. And they were telling me that they watched film of Stu. And, you know, keep in mind we just talked about how hard-packed track was, how slippery and slick it was. They said there's no way Stu's getting through the night show without making a big mistake. He's aggressive. He's uh, throttle-happy. He's known to crash, and he will for sure not be able to get around this track. Well, they were wrong because Stu, again, JT, he grabbed the lead from Dunge, and I don't know if he made a mistake. He just kept the gap the same, didn't try to crush him, you know, took the traction that was given to him and put in a great ride. He did. It was pretty flawless. Uh, I wasn't that impressed with his heat. I mean, it was okay, but Barsha was catching him, I felt like. But the main event, he was completely in control and really kind of put on a clinic to those guys. Uh, no mistakes. Didn't really have to push, it seemed like. He just had everybody covered. And, you know, he got up front early, which I felt like was a really big key uh, in that race. And, man, if, you know, he made it look really simple. It was like vintage James Stewart. Yeah, it was a good race. We draw- I think it was just that, uh, that first, I think it was the first time practice, second practice, as you like to call it, where he was going – too fast. I think he was literally going too fast for the track. Like, there were some huge near misses uh, that I'm sure if they were watching the film of that, we all saw it, would say, oh, there's no way he's going to get away with that for 20 laps. But I don't think he rode like that again, not in the next practice and not in the heat or the main. He rode pretty in control the whole time. Are you finally coming around, Weech, to my theory? I think you... I already have. Yeah. I mean, I hate to say it, but, uh, yeah, he's, ta- he's... definitely – Definitely different. Yeah, I still believe that the that the mistake it does not guarantee that there's not going to be more crashes and mistakes. But he has a different approach for sure. Will the results be different? I don't know, but the approach is definitely different. Now I gotta admit, when he you know he did that at A one, went down, and then I think as he was, I don't think he'd even landed yet from going over the bars in Phoenix when JT blew my phone up with, "Yeah, he's different." Um, <laughs> I don't think he'd even landed yet. So I gotta admit, I wasn't exactly, you know. I, my beliefs were shaken a little bit, but JT, I mean, come on. Like, he's he's a little different guy. He looks he looked great. Um, yeah, I don't know if he's different or, or what the correct terminology is, but he's riding really well. The last two weekends have been pretty damn solid. So, uh, you know, he's always been good at Atlanta. I think he really likes racing in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. If, if he rips off another one next weekend, uh, there might be a little bit of cause for concern. <laughs> um, confidence is a very dangerous thing, and it's ridiculous that we say that about somebody who's, if he won next weekend, would be tied for the second most wins in Supercross history that we're, you know, giving him mm-hmm. confidence. But I still feel like he's had so many bad years in a row that this confidence thing for him is a really, really dangerous uh, situation for Ryan Villapoto. Yeah, pulled pulled uh, into third in the points, two back of Kenny, 14 back of Villa. What do you think, Weege? Did, 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 I mean... 
Villo got a fourth, uh, sort of a uninspired fourth, and really like. Well, first let me ask you this, Wagan, and I and I believe this. I'm going to write this in my column and stuff. If Villapoto and Roxon went one two off the start, and Dungey and Stewart were six seven or whatever, then it would have been all reversed. The whole race was right there. I think, for the most part, with this pack of six or seven guys, whatever it is, that's pretty much the case. Like, I thought Dungey was going to have a good race, uh, but I just thought, really, because he's due to have a good start. Like, they're all pretty good starters. They're all kind of equal. If one guy doesn't get one for four or five weeks, he's probably just due to get one. And if Dungey gets one, he'll probably have a good race. He hadn't been on the podium since, what, round two? And now he's on the podium again. And probably the whole difference... It's just that he had better start than he had the last five weeks. So, well, yeah, no, I, I mean, I, don't I, forget the don't forget the holy and the leading uh, of a three before he went down. Or, or, okay, well, there you go. So he A1, had a good start A2. there and could have won, and he had a good start yeah. here and he finished second. Then there's other races where he just got like fifth, yeah, but, mostly because of the start. I mean, I know there was angry dungeon, but the biggest factor is if any of these guys start seventh to get first is kind of hard. No, <laughs> no, close. no, no. Stu went through the pack at a one. Villa went through the pack at Phoenix. Um, the elite guys can do it. They can do it here and there. But I I disagree in a little bit in the sense that this track, you couldn't push on this track. You had to gently apply the throttle. You had to gently ride around the track, take what you can get, You know, make try not to make any mistakes, and that's how you were rewarded. You couldn't push, 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 and, and Villa and Roxanne and stuff. You know, if James had started seventh, I don't think he wins, and he could start seventh at Anaheim one, and he almost won, or whatever. You know, that's what I'm saying. I'm just, I think, I think James was the best rider for sure. I mean, it wasn't just a start; he was the best rider. But yeah, I still don't know if he would have been good enough to go from seventh to first. And I think, but I think he was the best guy that night, uh, Saturday night. Well, I'm just saying that this track lent itself to passive riding. And, yeah, and, 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 but I, I still think that okay. these guys are so equally matched right. that you're just not going to give it to me. You're just not going to. Not going to give that to me. I, I, okay. That's why I gave you that Dungey example. I mean, do you really think that Dungey was just that much better at Anaheim 2 or here, or is just with a start that much better? I just think certain tracks allows you to push it better, you know? I think it's an awful big coincidence. Okay. That's two times he got really good starts. He could have A1 and then also got second. Right. Um, yeah, but it was a good ride by Dunge. A solid, steady ride. I mean, they pulled third... Third was Barsha at one point, and third was was Brayton ever in third? Yeah, Barsha and Brayton went back and forth. Yeah, a they bit went third. Um, then uh, they ended up being uh, was it Rock was Roxon third ever? Maybe he was third. Like it, it was a little weird. No, they, I don't they, think he ever did get. He never got. I remember, up there. he yeah. almost got around Barsha, but it didn't quite. Right. Didn't quite. <laughs> it could happen. Let's talk <laughs> about that. So Barsha whips it. In Roxon's face after the race, uh, Weed, you talked to him. I talked to him. Um, they Barsha claimed innocence and just didn't know he was there. Kenny lit him up on TV a little bit. Rock, uh, Barsha said that Kenny's always crying about something or another. What do you take of that, JT? What do you think? Uh, I think that Barsha saying that he didn't know Roxon was there was pretty ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think it was. It was a little bit dangerous. Well, maybe a little more than a little bit. I don't know. It's it's really similar to what happened at Bud's Creek. Uh, was it two years? The last year? No, last year. 
Um, I don't know. Just not a huge fan of when Barsha does that. It's, I think it's dangerous. There's well, you're, the, you're, the, you're the racer here. Why does he do that? Because he can hurt himself as much as the guy next to him. Why, I don't know. Why does he I think do that? He, I don't think he realizes the consequences of that going wrong. I mean, they're going to the hospital, both of them, if if he yeah. hits them. Well, that's, that's. Do you think it's like, you know, say a, say a bear is attacking you, and you have a sword, and you're waving it in front of the bear, and you're hoping he's going to turn around. Is is Barsha waving his rear tire at Kenny, saying, "Go away, go away, German." <laughs> no, I okay. just think he's trying to <laughs> because they've already gotten into it this year, right? Yeah, at, at Phoenix, right? But I think he was just trying. You know what I mean? He was just kind of like, yeah. What's up, dude? I got you covered, you know? Like, I just think he was trying to, like, kind of throw it in his face a little bit. But the problem is if, you know, their lives are on the line here. Like, you can't do stupid stuff like that. Well, and yeah. I don't think that I don't think that Roxon was pissed off about him, like, kind of, like, punking him or whatever you want to say. I just think he's like, dude, you could kill us. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> no, yeah. I, that's why I can't understand Barsha's, Barsha's reasoning, like, like oh, I think I think his reasoning was ridiculous. I mean, like I didn't know he was there. No, 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 I, no, no I, I know that, but I mean, I'm saying reasoning for doing it. Like he is going to get hurt just as bad as Kenny. He's not going to do that. Knock Kenny off his bike and just keep riding around. Keep riding away. I, but I think Barsha. I don't think Barsha feels like he's putting anybody at risk. Like I don't think Barsha's like, oh yeah, we could have got hurt there. I think really? He's like, oh, no, we're good. Really? Like, no, okay. But, yeah, yeah, I do. I think so. Um, Weege, what did you get from him after the race? Because I got a lot of stuff from Barja. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't quite get as much as far as uh, I think some of the stuff you were able to get into. Um, um, did you, I was. Uh, did you read? Huh? Did you Did you listen to the post race I did with him? No, I haven't. Okay. I haven't gotten to that. But it, okay. I know you were telling me today um, some of the direction he was going in. Um, as far as the incident, I, I mean, I, everybody there, I think, watching it in person and on TV was immediately like, "Are you kidding me?" Mm-hmm. Like, I don't. I don't think that was an accident crossed anybody's mind. Uh, now that he said it, maybe a few people believe it, but I don't think when anybody saw it, you were thinking, no, I, think he, I don't think he knew it was there. Like, that did not seem to be the case. Um, but I just want to throw this out there. I'm not advocating this type of riding at all. Obviously, it's pushing it way too far. <laughs> whoa, whoa, where, JT, where do you think he's going with this right now? I'm not advocating. I think there's going to be some trans, uh, T.O.P. reference. I think so, too. Yeah. I think so, too. When I threw in... <laughs> When I when I threw I went on Twitter after I talked to Barsha and said FYI Barsha says he didn't know Roxon was there until he looked over he heard a panic rev and that's what made him look over and then he was like oh crap uh, of course then you get fifty responses twenty five of them saying that's BS Barsha's a DICK and Kenny needs to stop crying of course twenty five and twenty five right <laughs> um, one person said something and I was like hmm they're like work for Seems to work for me. Kenny was faster than him, was catching him, and almost passed him. And then after that, Kenny fell back. Well, that, so was so, that a bad move okay. or not? And so, I'm like, huh. So my waving the sword at the bear reference. It, it kind of is. Like, it, in the end, Kenny was catching Barsha and almost passed him. And then as soon as that happened, he dropped Kenny. Like, it was over. So I'm not advocating this. But is there potentially, if you're Barsha, is that what makes him do it? Like, I'm going to throw this move in here, and well, this might just shut the dude down. That's what I'm saying. I, I, I'm like a big bear. Go away, bear. Go away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, though. So I believe. if you're asking why would he do that, I'm not sure. Maybe. Is that why? Maybe? Potentially? <laughs> JT says no. 
<laughs> but um, uh, I'm going to scare the crap out of you, and then maybe you won't try to pass me back. Yeah, <laughs> it seems bizarre. But I we, don't think so. We, I just think he's trying to make him look stupid. It seems bizarre, but we also saw a guy hide in the trees with a green laser. So, you know, <laughs> there's been bizarre things happening. Um, I, I, yeah, I think, I think we all know that that type of stuff maybe happens as far as block passing. I, I can't imagine riders using midair potential life-threatening contact for intimidation, but mm-hmm. uh, it did work. Sadly, it did work. Yeah. Um, I, I, and I don't know who told me this. After the race, and I really, it's not, I'm trying to think, but uh, Weege, is there any, they wanted discipline from the AMA on on Barsha. They had the GoPro, Barsha had a GoPro on, so you can, you know, apparently at the, at the AMA meeting, uh, John Gallagher says, hey, we can take your GoPro and look at the video, we, you know, to, to decide stuff, and so Barsha has a GoPro on, and that would have showed perfectly how close he came and what he did and all that. And, I mean, I think the regular TV footage of there shows how close. Yeah. Well, this person was I mean, telling. Well, this person was telling me that they should literally do something to Barsha, fine him, warn him, something. Do you think that that is is in line here? I don't think they're gonna do anything. I think you know something unofficial, like, "Hey, dude, uh, let's try not to kill one of our stars of the sport." Maybe. <laughs> yeah. But I, I don't think anything official is gonna happen. I don't even think an official warning or anything. I just think maybe somebody, you know, somebody higher up would just be like, "Hey, man, you know, let's uh, just just use your head out there." Basically, you know, that's all they're real. I think that's as far as it'll go. Hmm. I think the problem is it'd be very hard to define, um, like exactly. in black and white yeah. terms. What, what like, are they going to say? Hey, it. don't whip it at people. Yeah, and then you could eat, guys are going to run the defense. Oh, what the first lap when five of us are going to have a triple together? What if we cut together? Is that is that a penalty? You know what I mean? Like right. So how close are we allowed? Nobody to, wants yeah, to argue. Like, they can argue I mean? it pretty good. Yeah, there's yeah. no way to define it. That's the problem. That's that's why I, that's why that I think really they're just an, I just think just an unofficial like, hey, dude, uh, just, just just be smart out there. Like no one wants to see either of you get hurt. What and you know. What if Barsha, that was not good for your health? What if Barsha's defense is, I was scared. He was like a big bear coming at me. I was scared. What if that's the defense? I think, <laughs> I think everyone would laugh at him much like they laughed at his okay. first response. All right. Um, Villapoto, eh, fourth. I mean, I didn't. T- did you talk after the race, Weege? No, no. Um, you know, we, you and I had a nice conversation with him in the morning. He was. Um, he was so after the fourth. I thought, uh, you know, you know. I always figure the guy every weekend, and yeah. So, but then I would it, like to. I mean, it's just you're picking your, you're picking your spots down there. You're like, I'm gonna probably get to talk to five guys or six guys, right? So, what? Know. He was very animated in the morning. <laughs> what, yeah. What? What was his deal? What was? I mean, and Alden, Alden even said, I, "This is a good thing." We're like, what is wrong with him? Aldo's like, I don't know, but it's a good thing. I've always firmly believed that when he's down there really cutting people up, that that is usually like a sign that he's actually in a good mood. Like, the more nasty he is, mm-hmm. the more that's actually him being played. Because, like, while we were saying what is wrong with him, remember we looked over and he was, like, feeling up Big B. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was just yeah. whoever right. he could offend. Like, he just, like, went pit. to, yeah, he went to, like, another guy after he uh, stopped accosting me. He moved over <laughs> to there, to Big B, yeah. I don't know. So I'm thinking, oh, that's always just that's just how he jokes around. That's just how he yeah. deals with people, even being friends with them. But but you were thinking that he was maybe angry. 
potentially. I think he was angry because, you know, he had a theory and um, he had a theory that Chad wasn't hurt that bad. And let's get to read in a second. He had a theory that Chad wasn't hurt that bad, which turned out to be not true. Chad was hurt, clearly. And um, after his trainer, Alden, kind of, we had a group and Alden was like, ah, I think he, you know, I think he is. Then I think, I think at that point, RV realized that there was three of us saying that he's crazy. Chad is jacked up. And then that was when the anger came out. <laughs> so it was. I different. have a before we before we move off of Bill Photo and Roxon. I want to throw my theory out there too. Transfer power? Uh, no, I'm I've been watching these races, and and this was I think the clearest example of it. But I've seen it happen a couple other times this year, where I think this training partner bond is actually holding both of them back a little bit in these races. Because I, I think that both of them are playing so nice in these races that I think like Villapoto last night was waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting on Roxon because he didn't want to do anything dirty or screw Roxon up that he couldn't make the pass. I mean, I saw him stick the front wheel in there so many times that he could have forced the pass, I think, and he just didn't because it was Kenny. Where if it would have been Dungey or Stu or insert anyone in there, he would have for- he would have made it happen way sooner. But he just doesn't, you know. That's that's his friend. That's his training party. He doesn't want to screw Kenny up, so he waited, and and I think it ends up ended up costing him a podium or more. I've been I've been watching that too, JT. But I didn't th- I didn't see the same thing you did. I didn't see a clear checkup, you know, uh, of a guy. Um, but yeah, I, I if, have. If been... you go back and watch him pass Dungey over like at Phoenix, he forced it in there after the whoops. He he's not scared to do it. You know, the pass yeah. he was trying to put on Stu when he crashed at uh, Anaheim one. Um, I just felt like there are, was Anaheim, no Anaheim three. I'm sorry. Uh, I just felt like there was a lot of times like that um, where he he just is not as aggressive as he would be with somebody else, and it, it's hold. It's just you know mm-hmm. I understand it. I understand the logic, and I understand why, and and that's how I you know I race like that with a lot of guys. I did that. There were times when I was just faster than Nick Way, you know, whatever the case was, and I wouldn't force it in there because it was Nick. And it ends up and it ends up costing you. I don't know if it's going to be a major, you know, mm-hmm. determining factor in this championship. But I really, just watching, I'm like, you know, go in there, get in there, and I, I just see him wait. I see him wait and not, you know, force the issue because there's a chance that Kenny could go down in the in the process, or he's going to, you know, yeah. make Kenny stand yeah. up or whatever. But I've seen it over and over, and I'm just starting to, you know, think it's it may not be the best thing for both of them right now. I'm not saying they go in there and take each other out, but. There has to be a common ground where, like, hey, man, if if you're fast with me, like, go, like, you, you know, I can't yeah. wait on you forever. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Fury. I feel like everybody on Earth is waiting for them to have a problem with each other. Like, how could they be battling one, two, and points that this has to break up? But you're right. It's actually the bigger danger is the other direction. They're trying so hard to not have that happen. Maybe it's holding them back. Yeah, the first ten laps, literally the first ten laps, I was waiting, like. Poda, you've got to get around this guy. I know he's your buddy. I get it. But you've got to go. Like, these guys are checking out on you right now. And he was just waiting. And, and he kept trying to get in there. It wasn't like he wasn't trying to make a pass. But every time, like, after the whoops and that, that turn and then after the triple going into the finish line turn, he would be up in the inside of him like, dude, get out of the way. You've got to go. And he just couldn't get around him, couldn't get around him. Hmm. End up, you know. Yeah. I know he made more mistakes than that, but, it, you know, he can't stay off the podium too many times when James is winning or this thing's going to get out of hand. I'm just happy that I got Villapoto back this morning. 
uh, he was on my flight from Dallas to Houston, and he came up and kicked my bag over, my my carry-on bag. Came over and kicked it over, swore at me, called me all these names. We talked some little bit. He didn't get the upgrade, you know, and I did. So I got on the plane first, and I'm sitting in first, and he walks in, and he just looks at me, he shakes his head, and goes, you bought that seat, didn't you? You bought that. I know you bought that. And I'm like, nope, this cabin is for winners, winners only. And uh, the other people around me sort of snickered. Oscar from Tutu was in there, and John from Dunlop. Everybody <laughs> snickered. I'd like to put a little chink in my column there, a little pink, you know, got you. So, yeah. How did that even happen? What? How did you get upgraded and he didn't? Uh, you I remember that mileage run he did? Yeah, that's right. Don't you forget it. Remember the, the 24-hour flight around the USA? See, you, got, you guys doubted mine and Mathis's, uh approach here. Yep. It's already paying dividends. Yep, already. I got Villapoto good. He had no, no comeback as he made his way back to coach. <laughs> the, the guy's probably made, what, $10 million in his life. The, my question is, is why is Villapoto not buying first-class tickets? Yeah, yeah, right, really, right. He had his wife with him and Alden, but yeah, good point. Um, well, I mean, I, I know Honda. Honda's policy is they buy. You know, you it doesn't even matter what the ticket costs. You just they allow you to buy a first class ticket. Like that's in the deal for riders. Yeah, really. Yeah. Oh wow. Unless it's changed. Unless it's changed in the last two years, that yeah, was yeah. their policy. Uh, just buy a first class ticket, and we reimburse you. You know, it's not yeah, a yeah. dollar amount or whatever. Right, right, right. Did that include Subway Coca-Cola Honda? <laughs> Subway Coca-Cola Honda was uh, you buy whatever flight you want, and when you want to reimburse your expenses, suck it. <laughs> we, we may or may not pay you back. Um, so feel free to spend anything you want. Yeah, yeah, go, go nuts. You know? Then uh, you sort it out with American Express. I didn't get a chance to talk to Brayton after the race, but... Nicoletti uh, wadded up hard, and he looked like he was in some pain after the race. Like he's supposed to race next weekend, this weekend coming up. I don't think he is. He was even. Uh, you got Villapoto. I got to see Nicoletti in the airport. So there you go. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, he was just a a broken man, just trying yeah. to maneuver his. I mean, they should have just wrapped him in ice. Yeah. Man, yeah. he beat up. Uh, he um, was t- trying to talk to me after the race, and he. Had to pause to breathe. And yeah. I'm like, dude, you need to just get out of here. Just get out of here. Go to the hospital or go home. Don't sit on this cooler. Yeah. You know, and then Troll was there. And I'm like, Troll, take care of your buddy. And Troll's like, he's just being a baby. Meanwhile, Phil has to stop to breathe. He has to stop talking to breathe. So, the crash was yeah. horrible. I missed it. The Nicoletti crash was I didn't horrible. see it. Um, I didn't watch the TV show yet. So, in case people I don't know, don't know if it was seen on TV, but oh, he okay. just went. They don't, they don't show it on TV. Okay. It was just an endo, like just it was an endo on a big jump. So there you go. I heard it. I heard it before I saw it, and then I saw the end of it. The, you know, there is something to um, maybe starting at the beginning of the year. I know we've praised the great Coy Gibbs and talked about his Innovator Award and this and that, but there, there's probably something there, huh, JT? Where Phil is uh, pushing hard, not in the race shape. Other dudes have been racing. It's it's a tough, uh, tough deal. Yeah, I don't think it's so much like a big crash like that. I, I think he's he's crashed quite a bit in Supercross before. But the the San Diego race where he was tired and, you know, making a lot of mistakes and just out of that, that 
that I thought was more telling as far as him not racing this weekend. He just, I mean, everybody was crashing. So right. why would he, why would he not crash too? <laughs> right, right. Um, well, he went down in practice. Yeah, he did than, yeah. specifically crash in areas where other dudes crashed a lot also. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. a danger zone. I mean, was Kenny Loggins, yeah. was Kenny Loggins there? Um, no, but, uh, I don't really have any joke to insert there. I'm just going to skip. It wasn't a highway to the danger zone. It wasn't uh, a grapevine. Oh, was yeah. it? Okay. Yeah, it was just the danger zone. Oh. It wasn't on the highway to it. All right. Um, uh, Brayton had an all right race, fifth, sort of a rebound from where he's been. And uh, fifth, maybe not on paper, rebound where he's been, but he was running up front. He made, And again, like, the only way that guys got by guys on this track was mistakes. Roxy made a big one in the rhythm. Brayton made a big one in the rhythm, and that's how guys got by him because otherwise it was, you know, six guys doing the rhythm the same and following each other around. And that's why I don't completely agree with you, JT, on the Villapoto Roxon thing and with you, Weege, on the Dunn-Stewart thing. But, I mean, hey, I've been wrong before. But I'm saying, like, it just was a a race of mistakes, and and these guys made small ones, and that's all it took, you know? So I just – if there was no mistakes made, I think Brayton could have got third. So, I, I want to get back to Barsha, though. Um, it's not good over there. Like, I don't know. There's some rumors that Barsha has a deal already done for 15. We know he's shopping. His contract is up along with just about everybody's contract. And maybe he's out of there. But if he is out of there, I mean, he's going down guns blazing, and it's a long season still. There's still, uh, uh, help me do the math, 22, 22 races left? Someone? Anyone? Yep. 20, uh, yeah, 21. 20. 22 races left. I mean, it's not good. And he's not pumped on – he said, you know, he feels good. The Honda guys know there's a problem with the getting starts and they're working on it and everybody's working on it. But you can just see he's holding back, Weege. Yeah, and I didn't get it so much in the interview uh, this time. But I, last week I talked about the podcast. You know, I just kind of chatted with him in the morning, not yeah. recorded last week. And it was very similar where he – you know, it is a, t- a, t- a tough situation for a rider to be in, especially when it's your contract year, because, you know, if you want to do the right thing as a company man, you don't want to, you know, insinuate it's the bike. But if you're a free agent, you certainly, if you don't think you're the problem, you don't want to admit you are if you don't think it's true, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. You know, if you're struggling, the last thing you want to be- do is say, yep, it's me, I just suck. You yeah, know, I- yeah as good as that would be for the company that's paying you now. So it's a tough situation yeah. to be in if the bike is truly bad. I, the only solution is to have the bike work right, but that's the hardest thing of all to do. Race 7. Once the bike's working bad, it's going to be bad. Race 7, he gets his first podium of the year. I mean, there were people were picking this guy to challenge RV for the title. It's unbelievable. Well, I think I think Tomac, you know, Tomac's not doing a lot of press right now, but from what I hear here behind the scenes, you would – be getting a lot of the same talk from Tomac about the bike situation. Yeah, if you want to talk about invisible this weekend, Eli Tomac was invisible. Did either one of you two guys notice him, watch him, focus on him, anything like that? Not in the main. In the heat race, he in was the, up there. Yeah. Uh, even, but not in the main event at all. And he got 11th. I mean, 11th is just not that good when you're as good as he is. I know he's coming back from injury and all yeah. that. But yeah. in general, I don't think anyone would look at those results and say, 11th, I see that. That yeah. makes sense. yeah. And, I mean, no one – there's basically three, essentially, Honda guys right now. Han, Tomac, and Barsha, right? Yeah. None of the three have been dynamite, really, and their starts have not been good at all. So, 
Talk yeah. about talk about cra- talk about crashing. Yep. Even Kevin Windham crashed on Friday. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, three riders isn't a massive sample size. Three riders in seven races, or even less for Tomac, but still, you know, sometimes you get that situation where, hey, well, this guy's winning on it, but it's not happening. Plus, you can even throw in if you really want to start picking nitpicking. I mean, you can look at what Reed did before he got hurt, right? No, I agree. I, I think that's what I, that was my question. I was going to pose is: is yeah. it fair to assume or to say that? Honda has a bike problem? No. No. You don't think so? I'm not there yet. So? I'm not there yet. I'm not there between, yet. Between Reed's complaints last year, Barsha's complaints now, Tomac's off-the-record complaints but are verified, and Han struggles a bit, man, it's really hard for me to not it. jump to it. I'm not even jumping to the conclusion just to make that conclusion. Yeah. Well, it's, I'll take it one step further, though. Here's the problem that you sometimes get, right? You, I mean, JT, you know as well as anyone how momentum builds. All it takes is one guy or two guys saying some stuff, and then doesn't it start to infect the other guys at times? It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, but I, but Tomac, this was this problem went back to Tomac and Supercross last year. Yeah, and this was a big, yep. big problem last year in Supercross when he jumped up to 450, and it hasn't gone away. That's I, I'm, that's why I'm saying I'm not even trying to jump to conclusions. I feel like I, I'm drawing on a full year of. You know, right. listening, yeah, drawing listen. data, looking at results, get, gathering data. You've been listening to the 22 too much. Been too, too I'm not listening to 22 at all anymore. I'm listening to everybody else. Oh, so now you, he got hurt and you ditched him? That's it? Your friendship's over? No, no, no. I'm talking oh. about the Honda. No, no, I'm, I'm listening kidding. to Barsha and I'm Tomac. Kidding. And... I'm kidding. Um, and Reed has done a good job. I mean, I don't think Reed has – he's done a lot of interviews, as he always does. He he has never once gone with the full slam job on. I told you that bike sucked last year. See how much better I am now. Like he's never gone to that level. Mm. Not really. Mm. No, not when he. I mean, I feel like he could have. And he, he hasn't. He, he hasn't taken any cheap shots on he, he dropped the big one with me after the win, after the first win. Huh. Can, I, I, I have not heard this or seen this or. Oh, I believe he said something like, "You can look over there and see that those guys are struggling." With some of the oh, same yeah, that's, stuff. Oh, yeah, that's a bomb. It may not be a bomb, but it could be a homemade explosive device of some sort. An IED. Reed did a lot of putting it on himself and saying, hey, he you know, I he wasn't did. in shape. I wasn't ready last year. He didn't have to do that. He could have just said, see, told you it was the bike. No, but no, he, he, he didn't did. do that. You're right. Um, yeah. Where have you gone, Trey Kennard? That would be our, that would be our, <laughs> the litmus test, right? Yep, yep. Whenever All four of them are struggling any bad starts, I think it'd be obvious. What if- I, I I just think that you have we have to be honest and think that maybe Honda's struggling a bit with their settings. I think that I think at this point that's a fair assessment. I really do. Yeah, I agree with JT. There's just too much data there. I mean, and there's not a single well, there's not a single uh, single guy on it who's like, well, he's killing it. They have terrific tri tip at Honda. And I continue want to continue to enjoy it. So yeah. no, I don't. I have nothing. I I have no dog in the fight. I could care less if Honda <laughs> wins, loses, or and gets in. You know, I, yes, I, doesn't I, matter to me. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, their food is good. I will even say that it's always it's, <laughs> their dinner. I'm going to say this is better than JGR's. Um. Hey, you know what else is? Uh, you know what else is awesome, Weege? Buying from BTOSports.com, BTOSports.com, the nation's leading retailer of bike 
and body parts, anything you need from uh, btosports.com. Check it out online. Proud supporter of Andrew Short, Matt Gerke, many others. Any brand you want, anything you need for your dirt bike, or for going riding, chemicals, lube. If you need lube, you can uh, go there. Anything you need, btosports.com. Check it out, as well as Fox Racing. The official gear of Ryan Dungey, Kenny Roxon, Brock Tickle, many others. Uh, Fox Racing, proud sponsor, presenting sponsor of this uh, Racer X podcast. We thank those guys. So, You like those new live reads I've been doing? I do. Okay. All right. Yeah. Also, check out this Race Tech commercial, by the way. Need some, need, need some suspension done. Check out Race Tech. BTOsports.com, Racer X podcast, presented by Fox Racing. Hey, I want to talk about privateers and what they choose for suspension. Yeah, that's right. Some of the top privateers, most of the top privateers out there, choose Race Tech. Long been supporting the world's fastest privateer since 1984. Michael Lieb, Vince Freeze, Chris Blose, Cody Gilmore, and many other guys uh, choose uh, Race Tech suspension, and they've been along, around a long time, and their, their work stands for itself. Don't forget, people, at least uh, change your oil in your new bike. And use Race Tech to do it. Some of that stock oil isn't that good. Uh, Race Tech's the world's largest aftermarket motorcycle suspension modification company. 30 years they've been supplying racers, riders, and tuners with the industry's best suspension products. Paul Thee, the owner of Race Tech, one of the smartest guys out there, and uh, the creators of the do-it-yourself gold valve kit. It's a revalve in a box. Racetech.com for a full listing of suspension parts, tools, and information. Race Tech. Go there. Make your bike handle better. Do it. Racetech.com. Thanks for listening. Okay, and we're back. Four uh, fifties. Um, are we done? Are we done? We gotta move this thing along again. We take too long. Uh, let me recap. Chisholm's best race of the year by far. Uh, Gerke came from the back. Jeez, JT Gerke had a terrible start. He crashed. Uh, he crashed on the start. Yeah. Oh, it, oh, was he the guy down? Okay. Um, yeah. Alessi KO'd himself in practice, and JT, you had a you had a talk with him after the race. Yeah, I talked to him. Um, I don't really want to implement him in anything, but he definitely had a nasty crash. Uh, I think he was probably lucky to you know finish out the night. So yeah, yeah, he's he's he po- had a few he post- rough ones here in a row. He posted so. it on Instagram for people to see. Yeah, the crash was pretty dirty. Um, so Alessi, yeah, I didn't have a didn't have a great night. Pike, uh, Pike was moving forward, started well. Took a couple of crashes though. One of them where he hit Nicoletti's bike um, when Phil was laying there on the track, all, all done up. But Pike that was the second time he crashed yeah, in that section. Yeah, Pike though, uh, JT again made it through the heat, and he, what he was sixth when he went out, seventh when he went out with the first with the first crash. So still very quick ride, very still very impressive performance for Pike at Dallas. It just didn't end up scoring well. Yeah, I don't think the the, uh, the skills are in question. I mean, he, you know, Dungey couldn't make the pass. I think Dungey was a little faster than him in the heat, but yeah, he, I mean, he passed Tomac to get into that spot. He's he's a legit guy now, whether people want to believe it or not. So yeah, Ryan Dungey uh, could not get by Wes and Pike. Could not get no, by. No, Which, no. I think I think it, you have to put Wes and Pike in in your top ten. You know, expectations every week at this point. I really think you you know mm-hmm. that's deserved. Hahn had a decent night coming from, uh, I don't know, 13th or something to 8th. Passing yeah, and not guys. racing last weekend because he was hurt. You know, right. so that's pretty good. Yep. Um, Pooh Sipes. Pooh Sipes puts it in the main event. One for one for Pooh. 
Yeah. Albertson didn't ride all week and uh, really struggled with his wrist, was just kind of hanging on out there. He said, Teddy Parks, JT. Incredible. I I could not believe that he rode that well in the semi. <laughs> I mean, great job. Great job to him. Yeah. I mean, that, that came out of nowhere. It did. So if you're Gus, you're pissed, right? Yeah, you just you basically just, you know, you got go- blown out of the water. Right, right. Um, good job for Teddy Parks though. Yeah. I mean, he I mean, had- that was he he's been struggling to make night shows like he's been right on the bubble. Right. And then to come out and ride like that, I mean, he beat, you know, I told him straight up in that semi. It's right. Great job to him. Nothing but credit for for him in that ride. Um, about oh, by the way, I it's not 100% confirmed, but it's looking really, really good that MCR, Motor Concepts, is going to Canada to race the Nationals. And I'm being serious. What, why well, would, you're claiming. What, why would they do this, JT? Why would they do this? Why would Michael Essie go to Canada? Uh, probably because he wants his dad to be able to go to the races. You th- Yeah, I, I got to believe something to do with those penalties after Lasergate has something to do with it. Oh, I think without a doubt. Now, I'm not saying that's the sole reason, but there's yeah. no way that's not a factor. But, I mean, I mean, Mike Genova, team owner Mike Genova, he's got to have – I mean, that is so expensive. They're supposed to bring the rig and the whole deal and come to camp. We, it's bizarre. It's bizarre. Like, Is it really bizarre, though? Yes, it's bizarre. Michael Essie's a top five outdoor rider. In okay, the what what do they really gain from that? Well, what sponsors what sponsors are paying them really, you know, really, really paying them good amount of money for that? I don't think there really are any. So why not do what they want? Yeah, but is that a okay, I get you. You're absolutely right. Because of things that have happened, because of the team owner, because of Mike and Tony, not Mike, but because of Tony, certain uh, mainstream sponsors have been scared away from the team a little bit. But, I mean, come on, aren't you hurting? Wait till they go to Canada and they just see the weeds growing up in the middle of the track. And, you know, you kind of have to pick a right or a left lane because someone didn't move the boulder that was there from, you know. Well, I, I I think, too, that's why they were looking at doing the 250 class. I don't think that. They they feel that they can win the outdoor title. I think they they feel like they can compete and do well, but with Roxon and these guys, it's it's even harder than it was. So they're going to go out there, and you know they have a chance to get you know second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, whatever in the series. But I don't think in their heart of hearts they think, hey, we're going to go win this title. Oh no! So so they're going to do the same thing that they've done every other year for the past six, seven years, eight years, whatever it's been, they're going to go out there and they're going to run in the top three, top five, top ten, and great, we did it again. But they obviously had a big issue with the outdoor series last year with Lasergate. Tony, I don't know if Tony's allowed to go to the Nationals. I have no idea. So why not try something different? You know, I'm not saying it's the absolute correct decision, but I I can understand the logic, but like, hey, why not? Let's go try something else. Maybe we can win a title up there and get more publicity out of the team and yada, yada. You know, I, I just think they've done this national thing so many times. What's the upside of doing it again versus well, ain't not? Because it's the best series in the world. I understand, but I also see the why not go try something else. Moto Concepts is based in Spokane, which is almost in Canada anyway. So let's, let's go do it. I mean, Calgary's right above them. Nanaimo's not that far either. So two of the races are kind of home races for them, which would be cool. 
and they have a chance to win a championship, which, you know, they have, they have an outside chance here too, but I don't really think that that's, you know, going to happen. So I, I just think it would be fun. I think they're looking at it as a new challenge, something different, and we can go win, we can go win every weekend possibly. So I, I kind of get it. Weege, if there was a pie chart on JT's reasonings for going up there and we're pissed at MX Sports, how much is the pie chart allotted in these reasons of going to Canada? Well, this is obviously going to be a hot-button issue because um, I'm a full-time employee, and you guys both do uh, get some paychecks from a sister company of MX Sports, although I do want to remind you it's a sister company. It's not directly from MX Sports. So we have to be careful what we say because people are going to think that we're just being biased here. And I haven't heard directly from anyone at Moto Concept that that is why, or I actually haven't heard that they're going to Canada. So I don't want to speak for them when I really don't know what the facts are. I've just heard the rumor. But it would stand to reason that that would be a that'd be a huge coincidence, I would say, that they choose to not race the series the year after Lasergate. And if that is the case, it would, what blows my mind is, what would you be mad about? You were found guilty yeah, and you yeah, were I don't penalized know. I don't for know. it. Yeah. What, right. you, what, what are you angry about? But are you, are you, if, if you were going 100 miles an hour and you got pulled over by the cop, can you really hold a grudge against that cop forever for giving you a ticket? Like, really? So yeah. that's the – but I don't know if that's why. I don't know if that's why. As far as the bizarreness of it, I think – it's bizarre. Anything that happens with the Alessis and, and, and that team and all, they've always kind of marched to a different drummer. So is it possible for anything to truly be considered bizarre when it comes out of that team? I mean, that they kind of are the against-the-grain team, right? Uh, if they go to Canada, I will be blown away. But I think it is happening. I will say that if they go, I feel bad for you know Mike and also Kyle Cunningham who's now on the team because I can't imagine that that's what they want, right? You want to race the best of the best. Yeah. All right. So, let's move on to. But I don't. I, we have to be careful because until the press release comes out and they say they're really doing it, we're talking about rumors and speculation here, and that's kind of dangerous sometimes. Because do we, do we, do we even know if, if his if his dad, the team manager of the team, is allowed to come to the races? Do we know no, that we or not? So we have a lot of facts we don't know. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, okay, that. say he's not allowed to I, come to the race. Yeah. And I'm just saying hypothetically. That's got to be a huge factor. Like, yeah, I, but that's, you know, that's your, so your team manager can't go to the races. Who is also your weed rider's father? No, I, I mean, look, there's no chance he, they'll be allowed to be at the races. I don't. Yeah, I'm just saying. I, right. We don't know. We're this is all just conjecture. Your mom's conjecture. I would be quite surprised if he isn't allowed. Um, I, you know, we do work for these people. We know them. I, I really would be surprised for him yeah. to hold a forever grudge. Exactly. I know Jeff. I, I doubt Jeff will be allowed back. But I'd be surprised if they say, nope, Tony, you're still not allowed back. I'd really be surprised. Yeah, I'm sure it's all Yeah, forgiving. me too. I'm just saying that. I'm just yeah. alluding to the fact that we don't know a lot of things. You know, we're just guessing. We don't know. We don't, we know don't even know that he's going to Canada. Right, we, that's what I'm saying. We've probably discussed this too much for the fact that it's, you know, we might as well just pick a brand right now and say, Barsha signed with them. Let's talk about that. Like, it's certainly not known huh. yet, so. That'd be crazy. I feel much more confident about the Alessi Motor Concepts going to Canada than I do about saying anybody is signed with anybody. Put it that way. So, all right, let's move on. Yeah, but as you know, in this sport, uh, until someone announces it themselves, as soon as you start talking about it, yeah. they will not be happy. Uh, let's move on to 250s. Um, first of all, something, something strange. A few things that are strange. 
13 out of 22 bikes were Hondas. That's kind of weird, right? Yeah. No, no Suzukis. Five Cowies. 13, five. So two brands took up 18 of the 22 spots. Okay. Uh, part two. And this is a little weird. There is only two guys with three-digit numbers that made the main event. And one of them is Anthony Rodriguez, who's a total rookie and would have a national number. If you look back at the last race of the West Coast, and that would be San Diego, there is seven guys with three-digit numbers. So a couple of strange facts. Well, I mean, that, it's the rule change, obviously. That's caused that. Okay. The rule yeah, change? These, I mean, if you, if you give out national number, number points to regional race. Supercross, yeah, it's, I mean, of course it's going to change. Yeah, I guess, you know what, in a way, a lot of these names I'm looking at this list raced East last year. So, right. You think Jackson Richardson earned 60 by killing it outdoors? He didn't even really race outdoors. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this is Daniel Harline. Like, they scored all, you know, LeMoyne didn't actually, LeMoyne raised a 450 and only got in a few rounds. All of them gained that during Supercross for the most part. JT, do you want to weigh in on this uh, national number? No, I've, I've made my feelings known. All right, okay. Um so two fifties, uh, all day long, Weege, there were one of two riders to win this thing. Heats, practices, three practices, uh, two heats. Seen Cirillo and Davalos were better than everybody else. And I think Davalos wasn't a surprise, but seen Cirillo certainly was. People forget. Yeah, he, no, he I don't rough... think anyone would be surprised that Davalos was fastest, but uh, that – and even, I don't know if people would be surprised that Sin Cirillo was in the hunt, but the fact that it was those two and then everybody else in and a completely a, different group. A clear separation, uh, yeah. Yeah, the separation of Sin Cirillo and everybody else. Not Davalos. You never know with that guy, right? But, uh, yeah, it, it was like, was anyone else ever in the top two of lap times at any point at the board all day? Yeah, yeah. No, I don't think so. Um, yeah, was Wharton, Wharton in the third practice danced with the best time for a little bit. Um, yeah, I thought Davos was going to win. JT, I thought in his ninth year, he finally got a break, got a break that he deserved finally, and I thought he was going to win. I really did. Yeah, and I think I think Adam Cincerello thought he was going to win until he fell. Uh, so do you re- do you chart up Davos's fall to same old same old Davos, or is it a little different, a la James Stewart? Uh, I just think that turn was r- ridiculously slippery, and he just made a mistake because the photo crash. I mean, we cr- we saw crashes there literally every race and every practice, all day and all night. And yeah, he just. I mean, one small mistake, and he he fell there. He actually fell there twice. So, so you're you're not chalking this up to him pulling a Martin Davalos? No, I, I mean he still got third place, which I think is very telling. Mm-hmm. A lot of times when he screws up, he'll get a 14th or cruise around and get arm pump and just can't even ride. Right. I just think he made a mistake and you know, he was the fastest guy and sometimes you lose the front end like that. I really feel like he's gonna be a contender all season and he was my pick to win the title before this you know, before last night and I still feel like he's I still feel like he's the best guy. So we'll see mm-hmm. what happens. I love there was a thread on Vital about Martin Davalos. Why can't he get the why can't he get a break? This is a guy who's magically been able to stay in the class for nine years on factory equipment 
for what, seven of those years? Eight of those years? All nine, maybe? I think all nine. He, uh, he was on star bike. His star bike was pretty dang good the first year. Okay. He has probably made in excess $2 million, JT? Uh, I'd say that's pretty fair. He's probably made in excess of $2 million. He's never won a race. He's never ridden a 450. He's never done much outdoors. But, yeah, he can't get a break. He just he can't get a break. God. I hope something goes Martin Davos's way. I really do. I can't. I can't believe that you're putting any, any you know that you think a vital thread holds any water. Well, I just it's absolutely ridiculous. But look, well, yeah, most most things are. Having said that, I've been hard on Martin a time or two. There's no doubt. Putting it mildly. Uh, I've been harsh here and there, and before all you a holes, send me tweets and emails. I think he will win a race this year. I do believe the streak stops. He looks very good. I've never said that he's not a great rider or does not have skills. I've never said that. He's a very skilled rider. He's a very good rider. But he just has Martin Davalos happen to him. He's the coyote. He gets the anvil on him all the time. That's all. But having said all that, Weege, I think he's going to win this year. He's going to win a race or two. I'm still pumped to say in our pre-race podcast, I said, mm, okay, clearly the fastest two riders here are Cincerullo and Davalos, and I have more faith in the guy who has never raced a Supercross ever in his entire life, <laughs> knowing what to do when it counts and pulling it off, than the guy who is entering his ninth year in the class. You have more faith. And, yeah. and that was correct. And actually, the guy who had never raced one ever was able to avoid the mistakes. And actually, um, Weege, if you want to go back um, – a guy who's never raced one before and also who kind of struggled in the outdoors. You know, like, there's plenty of questions about Adam C. Cirillo after his yeah. outdoor season. Yeah. I mean, we debated him um, every week on this podcast, so. Although, uh, I, I in general, I do think that mistake by Davalos was just a mistake. I don't think it was like, what, what, I don't know what else you could say it was. I mean, I think it was just a random thing that, that could have, if he had won five races in his career, that still could have happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, everybody in the building, when he fell down, you know it was the same thing running through everyone's mind. Except for a few, a choice few, everyone else in the building <laughs> seems like, like 48,000 people in unison basically saying, Oh, Davalos. Wah, wah, wah. The trap door opens yeah. again. The anvil comes from the sky. <laughs> Just when yeah. you think he's got the, the, he's got the uh, roadrunner. What if, what if, what if he leads one of the last lap and his bike cuts out like Wilson? Does he retire? Do you just, you yeah. just, when the bike fires back up, do you just ride it back home, just, like ride it all the way back to Ecuador and just say, it ain't going to happen? Well, it's a long pond. He's got to cross the big pond. Oh, that's right. <laughs> hey, Irv's on to me. Irv is on to me. It's official. Irv, Irv knows what this internet is. I like Irv. I want to go on record. But did he or did he not say that that Martin Davos from Ecuador was across the pond? That's confirmed. Right. From across the big pond. Yeah, exactly. But there are also many that say that Irv, we haven't heard it ourselves, but it has been reported that Irv has been pumping up Belose's 
chances to win. Oh, no, yeah, it, it is, yeah. And we don't believe that's an accident by Irv. And then he, there was something on the scoreboard that said, go Albie, and 77. And Irv's, and this is what I just heard. I didn't hear it, but someone told me this. Somebody who, you know, was there said that, uh, Irv said that it was Greg Albertson, and then was like, "Why? Well, it's just Jimmy Albertson, actually. i got to watch what I say here because people people think I'm serious and they write this stuff on the internet or something, so i got to be careful. Oh, oh yeah. Oh. Or, I wish you guys wouldn't be so hard on Davalos and Irv like that. <laughs> um, No. That was, by the way, I, do you think as good as Davalos has been through the years, that might have been the best he's ever been? He also. was... Every practice, he looked like he was shot out of a cannon. He was <laughs> flying, flying out there. I mean, I was tweeting about it. You know what I mean? Look, I, like, Weej, just back me up on this. I'm, because I'm, I'm gonna get a lot of heat when he wins. I know and I, it's kind of unfair because your point is, oh, actually, been that he's a good rider. Like, if he sucked and he was slow, the point you wouldn't even be making this point. It's unbelievable that in nine years and with the equipment he has, he has not been able to win a race. But, and his speed. And, and his, his speed. And his speed. But yeah. um, I think he will win this year, but he looks good. Man. Yeah. Okay. Um, Baggett is my pick for the title. It's been my pick for the title. We all have uh, different PC guys for this uh, 250 East title. And by the way, Pro Circuit, after a rough year and a half, <laughs> really, year and a half, they, uh, they sweep the East Series, so. I didn't talk to Mitch after the race, but I imagine he was pretty happy. High times were there again over at the, the PC camp. But my pick was Baggett. Uh, JT, were you surprised with the second place? I was a little bit surprised, yeah. I thought um, you know, I thought he would be all right, but he, he was a little bit better than I expected. I was uh, a little bit concerned with uh, maybe his fitness at the end. I know he hasn't been riding too much, but he seemed like he, you know, was a little bit tired at the end. He didn't really have much to, to fight, you know, Adam the last few laps. So, you know, I think that will improve. I'm not even sure that he possibly was that tired, but it's just what I saw. Yeah, I, Adam slowly pulled away. There's no doubt. I need. To... I, I talked to Baggett after. He said, he, he admitted it. He said about lap nine, it started to kick in. The fact that he'd only ridden a handful of times since the injury. He, he still... admitted it. Yeah, and that, that's really all I would be concerned with is when Jeremy Martin gets into the main event and Davos doesn't crash and Wharton is further up there and these guys that are capable of battling with him, will that will that bite him if he can't get in shape in the next few weeks, you know? But other than that, he was uh he wrote great. I you know, much better than I anticipated. Yeah. We what do we make of Baggett riding on by? Davalos and seeing Cirillo celebrating. Yeah, well, we were on the lookout for it because we, you know, we got the inside intel that uh, we're, we're all pretty confident that Baggett and there's no no love lost between Baggett and uh, no, well, especially after Cirillo. Adam reported that Baggett tried to burn burn out on his chest at like Elsinore. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, um, and it was kind of known, you know, Baggett and Wilson didn't get weren't didn't get along uh, back in their days of battling outdoors. So this stuff is just kind of known when it happens and. Uh, so it was very curious. They swept the podium, you know, and the team really needed something like that. So I think Adam was waiting for his teammates either to pat him in the back or, hey, let's all pause and congratulate yeah. each other. Davalos did it, and Baggett wheelied on by. Like, Okay, there's zero chance. Eyes were closed. There's zero chance Baggett didn't see them, right? There's zero chance of that. <laughs> no, 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 no. So, so Central was paused on that triple for at least, I'd say, 
20 seconds waving his arms. Like, come here, guys, come here. <laughs> and Davalo saw him. Broken visor and all. Broken visor and all. Davalo stopped. <laughs> um, and if I'm Mitch, I'm saying something to Blake. I'm saying, dude, we swept the podium, and that's a photo that could be everywhere and anywhere, and you just ride on by. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Uh, not a good look for I was for, surprised, for though, when I talked to both of those guys after the race. They yeah. were up in the PC locker room thing, which is about five feet by five feet, and the three riders are in there with gear bags and trainers, and everybody's just so jammed in. Mm-hmm. Baggett and Cincerello were – talking to each other just like any other guys would. Like, there wasn't any weirdo tension or right, anything like right. that. Yeah maybe, yeah, maybe Mitch had gotten to him by then, or I don't know. Who knows? I, I don't know. Yeah. You know what? Mitch has dealt with it before, and I think sometimes he doesn't – sometimes dealing with it is not dealing with it too much. Yeah, like, no, he had Hanny and Tickle going at it for that title, and Hanny was changing in the in the Hart-Nuttington truck. Like, yeah. You know, so. Um, you know what I'm saying? I think, like, sometimes Mitch knows uh, if it lights a fire. He knows how to motivate different guys, right? Yeah. I don't know if he necessarily wants to douse that flame every time, depending on who he's right. dealing with. Um, can Cine Cirillo win this title, JT? I think he can. Yeah, uh, first year out of the yeah, box. Yeah, I, huh? I don't think there's any doubt whether he can or not. But, uh, he, it, you know, he's never gone through this before. He's never had championship pressure. Um, so it's it's inter, anybody's guess. Inter, but he, inter, he obviously proved he has the, the, the talent and the skills to be there. Interesting, though, like, and you guys can back me up on this, lots of crap talk about Adam not being really sick. How sick is he? Why? He's just not that fast. They're just making excuses. Last summer, when he wasn't doing what everyone thought he was going to do, and there was a lot of hype, right? You can both back me up on those stories and that kind of stuff going through the pits? Yeah. Yeah, I think think he shut that up last summer, though. Well, no. Did he, though? Why? What did he ever do? Well, I thought like his his ride at Salt Lake. Um, yeah, no, that was a good. I, but... I thought he kind of proved himself. He led a long time and ended up on the podium. To me, I, I thought he. Okay. I thought that was that was enough to be like, yeah, uh, I, I am for real, guys. You know, I, I thought that this last night's ride was definitely like, hey, listen here, mother effers, I was jacked up. Here's me with an off season training and working, and here I am. So, you know. I guess we'll see from here, but I, I think that his win looks real good for, or should shut those people up last summer. Those those guys. So there's a problem always in the amateur ranks where um, you know a lot of what you what happens in the amateurs is more just rumors and what people heard because it's not you just don't have all eye, eyeballs on it every single weekend. Like in the pros, anything that happens, everyone pretty much knows and sees and judges from themselves. You know, when Marsha whips it in Roxon's face, everyone sees it. You don't hear about it three days later. Dude, they had a moto, and this happened, and, and it's someone's interpretation. So I think a lot of things in the amateur ranks get <laughs> spun in the wrong direction. And we've talked about this on the show. Like, there's people that are like, since Rulo doesn't deserve what he gets, or he's only good he, he, because he had the bike, or he had money, or he was put in this position or that position. Mm-hmm. I think once he gets that win, you cannot say that. It, the talent is undeniable when you win your first Supercross. That clearly means you are something special, and then whatever support and hype you're getting is clearly um, warranted because you're a good rider, not because no, of any other just, just give a privateer his bike. People don't – Yeah. I, I, mean, had that, I, had that com- I had that conversation with Brayton. You cannot say that now. He just won his first Supercross. That should end all that. Yeah. You know, it's funny, off a little bit of a sidebar, I was talking to Justin Brayton, Weech. 
after yeah. the second practice. Careful. Careful. And the blows thing came up, and you know he's like, "Oh, you're taking a hammering and this and that," and he wasn't bagging any more on Chris Blows, but it just it brought the topic up, and and Brayton goes to me, "Man, a lot of people like really feel like privateers are getting, you know, taken from or whatever," and I'm like, "Or robbed or something," he said, and I'm like, "Yeah, there's there's a lot of perception that you guys, Adam Cincerillo, Justin Brayton, that you guys were given all the breaks and you were touched." with all these breaks, but they don't realize that you guys are the fastest and talented guys, and that's why you get the bikes. So One person touching Brayton was Weege. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I, I don't know. I don't know. Just saying. Yeah. Brayton was onto that thing, too. So. Be careful, man. Be careful. In our no one, no one was born and, and a manufacturer like, oh, let's help him. Yeah. At some point, uh-huh. that kid went out and won races and earned – whether you know whether that was when they were seven or when it was they were seventeen, they earned that spot. There's you know, this isn't a communist country where there's they're just picked from well, birth. You know, no, but don't you feel like there's a perception like out there? Oh that, yeah, yeah. I, I get what you're saying. Right, I just right. think it's ridiculous. But not Teddy Parks, man. Oh no, Teddy won't be stopped. That was impressive. That was good. It's still really good. <laughs> um, the other thing about Cincerillo is I think he, he just realistically, I think he knew that he was good and he knew that he was talented and he knew that chances are when he was a pro he'd probably be pretty good. And that's just based on I won a lot. That's, I've seen guys do this before me have success. So I think he was just realistic, not necessarily cocky. But here's the upside of that. Like you can think that everyone should want to be humble all the time and, and – you know, uh, uh, somehow not believe what's obviously right in front of their face. But I firmly believe that the fact that he figured he would be doing this, you know, five or ten years ago, mm-hmm. made it that much easier for him in his first race. I don't think he was rattled in the same way because he's just been around it. He's just been around it. He's been hanging out with these guys. He's pictured himself in this situation a million times. I think that gets people mad, you know, that he put himself in that group and hung out with the guys so young, but I firmly believe that that has helped his success in winning this race. So it's a good thing he thought that way. If he didn't, it probably he probably would have been worse last night. So are we all all three of us sticking with our our preseason title guys? Bag it for me, Cincerello for you, and Davalos for you, JT. Yeah, I have no reason to change. Okay. Right. Um, what else? Two fifty wise, uh, Jeremy Martin. Wow. He didn't, I forgot, Weege, till you told me that he didn't make the main in Dallas last year either. That's freaky and weird and bizarre. Yeah, but, okay, that's more the typical rookie weirdo first race thing. Like, I don't know. I don't know if it's freaky or bizarre. No, it is. It's only weird that he missed it this time. The coincidence, I'm not even going to say that. It's his first oh, race. Oh, no, no, something with happen. Dallas. Something with Dallas. Okay. I don't know what it is. The barbecue places or something. Him not making it now is, uh, you know, there's a thin line, though. He had a bad heat race, and you're pretty much done. Like, there wasn't much he could do in that LCQ. Oh, that he was on he the outside. Him. He was yeah, screwed from the start, you know. That's... He wasn't great, though, throughout the day. He wasn't great. Nope. It was okay. It wasn't it was what we thought we'd see. Six, seven, eight guy in times. Um, Shocker, huh, JT? Yeah, it's one of those things where, you know, 
this is we've seen this happen in the 450 class. It's exactly what happened to Ryan Bill Poto and Justin Brayton at Jacksonville in 2011. You screw up in that heat race, and you get a really bad finish, and you're on the outside in a 90-degree first turn. Things can go really badly for you. It doesn't take much. It doesn't have to be your fault like those two guys hit right. in front of them, and, yeah, you're hung out to dry. And four laps, I mean, <laughs> there's not much you can do, honestly. You know, as soon as I saw him drive on, right onto the concrete, I'm like, oh, he's not in. Yeah. You know, no, it's no, just, no. That's just how it is. You know, there's no time. Um, wow, big, big shocker for Yamaha, for star racing and everything. Jeez. But there's another guy we talked about that could win races, so I guess that's all he can do now is just go out and try to win and – Hopefully, you know, just do better. So, um, Vince Freeze with a fourth, JT. Vince Freeze with a fourth. You know, I, yeah, really good. I, I talk to Vince every now and then. He wears X-Brand goggles, so, you know, I do that side job where I build his goggles. So, I talk to him every now and then, and I interviewed him after the race. And every time I talk to him, like, he's never happy. He's like, man, I just really want to get on a podium. Like, I just, I just, I, I want to be on that podium step. And I'm like thinking to myself, Vince. Your team doesn't have a trailer. It's pitch black right now. There's, you know, I can't even see your face. I'm interviewing you. It's so dark over here. And you just got fourth. Like, you know, the trailer had an accident and everything else for people who don't know. But, like, I think he should have been really happy. But he's not, which I guess is a good thing that you're always trying to bet better. But he didn't even seem that happy after the race. I don't know. I think he rode fantastic. Fourth place. Um, You surprised we did that? I, I think I am. Yeah, I think it was a great ride. What I think was pretty good is a couple of guys who had good seasons last year in the East, him and uh, Gavin Faith. You know, obviously everyone had almost an asterisk to anyone who did really well in the East last year. Not at the top. Obviously, Han and Muscan are good riders. Uh, Wilson won a race or whatever. He's a good rider. Everybody knows that. But I think everybody else, the national numbers they earn, getting top five podiums, whatever, I think everyone was like, yeah, but that East wasn't very deep. I think Faith and Freeze did a good job. I mean, they were right where they would have been last year, and I feel like it's definitely deeper uh, than it was last year. I mean, Faith could have gotten third. He crashed. He, he was, was running yeah. third at one point, wasn't he? Yep. Yeah, Faith was good. He had third, he had third easily. We, uh, yeah. we, we left Faith. Yeah, third and Freeze. Uh, if he and Freeze go third and fourth, that's exactly as good as they could have been last year, Yeah, even with the deeper field this year. So I think that was impressive on both. Yeah, Vince, Vince told me that he didn't like a lot of that talk that he, you know, that he heard. So I, Yeah, uh, and I he's – I heard that on his interview, and I, I don't. That's great. You don't like it, but that doesn't make it not true. <laughs> right. right, right, right. That's kind of my but response. But he gets to that. fourth this time. I mean, that's no one can take that away from. No, him. you wrote great. I'm not. I'm not taking anything away from last night. I'm just saying. Exactly. The last year thing I, I would argue with, but I have nothing bad to say about last night. He wrote. I mean, that was solid. I, I really expected Bogle to get him, and just you know, yeah. couldn't. So. Bogle had a good ride considering he had to go to the LCQ. So. Good, good, good job by Bogle. I think a guy who's not a hundred percent going in the series, and we left Faith out of a lot of our preseason podcasts, by the way. But yeah, we did. You know, but uh, he showed last night that he can be. He, he's, I talked. I talked about him. You did. Yeah. 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 I talked to. Uh, I don't. Maybe I didn't in the part. I was telling you guys about, uh, and maybe when we were texting about it. That we didn't uh, really have him, a preseason and, podcast. That's why. Yeah, him and Rodriguez were both. Uh, Supposedly going really fast. Um, yeah, we talked. No, we talked at the the end of the last podcast. We 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 took about twenty minutes and broke down the east, but never mentioning Gavin Faith's name. I don't know. I feel like we basically just each picked the guy we thought would win the title, and that was about all we did. No, no, we screwed him over. We didn't mention his name. 
Um, okay. Uh, speaking of Rodriguez, uh, he DNF'd with an injury. I don't, I don't know. Does anybody hear if he's okay? Does anybody know that? He hit his head. I, he crashed right in front of us in the press box, and he 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 crashed. And I was he was on my fantasy team, so I was yelling at him to get up, and he tried <laughs> to get up, and then he kept pointing at his head like he couldn't see or something was very wrong with his head. That's all I could get out of it. And he got in the he basically walked, went off the track at that point, and then got on the mule, and was still pointing at his head. Uh, it's very very strange. I'm he's not sure on, he's on my fantasy team, and I'm yelling at him to get up. Yeah, I was not happy. <laughs> um. Anyway, he was running good. Though. He was good. He was. He was yeah. I, you know, all you amateur experts out there, you're all a bunch of <laughs> idiots because none of you guys like. No one had a lot of great things to say about a Rod. I'm glad we got finally. I'm glad we finally got an a Rod too in our sport. I mean, he was on a factory Yamaha team. Well, I know, but when I asked guys who are smarter than me about amateur motocross, they're like, "Eh, he's okay." I'm bad. Do you want to go that. back and review the text that I sent you? I don't you remember, should probably do that. I don't remember any texts from you ever. You probably no. You probably didn't get. You probably didn't send about a rod. Uh, I believe that. I do remember the people saying, "Yeah, he's okay, nothing special," and me arguing that point, um, which you can guarantee that I will screenshot that as soon as we get off the phone. Yeah, that happened. I said he'd be okay, nothing special, and JT said, "I've heard he's going very fast in Supercross on the test track." That's exactly what was said. I'm glad I, I won my bet with some unnamed people in industry who told me that Dakotas would beat Alex Martin. So I picked that uh, uh, Amart, and uh, he beat Dakotas, who went down. So I'm glad I won that little. Bet. Um, this turned into the. This just turned into the how the guys we thought would do before the race actually did show. Is that is this gambling? Pretty show? much. Yes. <laughs> well, JT and his little group of buddies. There's a lot of money and bragging rights that and fantasy talk that exchange. I know for sure. There's there's some guys in the pits that take action on anything. So, I actually had no bets on this weekend. Not uh, not one. Uh, I won on Davalos. Against, I, I'm not even going to ask you who. Who do you think I bet? Oh, I know, <laughs> I know who it was against. Uh, and that guy figured out Davalos's career earnings here at around two million. Can you figure out your career earnings from Davalos bets? <laughs> they got to be at least two hundred dollars, <laughs> two two forty. And the guy that I I consistently win money on told me that he told Martin he gets half his next win because Martin has cost him that much money since 2006. Oh, uh, said said person also told me Saturday morning. Man, Davos has cost me a lot of money. <laughs> um, all right, uh, Gannon Audet, Jackson, Daniel Shaglia had some rear brake problems. I saw in his tweet, Geico guy uh, making his debut. Kind of lost in the shuffle a little bit, huh, Weege? Yeah, there's just a lot going on. Yeah, a lot going on, and you know the whole Geico team, man. That was just a salvage night. I mean, none of them were outstanding at any point. It was pretty good at least for. Vogel and Morton, where they get fifth and seventh, I believe. Like they just yeah. Yeah. set themselves up to potentially be in the hunt later in the year. But that whole night was not going good for that team. Speaking of guys that we thought would do better, we uh, JT didn't you pick Wharton to get third? I did not. Oh. We each didn't you? Didn't you? Uh, yeah, I think I did. Yeah. I, um, thought, uh, I don't know if I had Dallas on the podium. Whatever. Again, we're going back to the whole show is about who we predicted and how they did. Cole Thompson sixth. Good job for Cole, right? That's about where he should yeah. be, I think. JT, don't you don't you agree? He's yeah, a, I thought it was good. It was a, actually surprising because I didn't know he was in six until I looked at the results. Yeah, he's so. a five, six, seven guy, eight guy, you know, somewhere around there. Cunningham probably let us down a little bit. Just I didn't see any flashes of brilliance from Cunningham. A lot of times you do see that from him. 
in a heat race or anywhere, but uh, maybe still getting used to the bike and stuff. So he was pretty good in one of the practices. He was up there, was and it? then yeah. just couldn't get up there on the starts. And the, the starts were really the key to the whole the whole event in both classes. I yeah. thought. Yeah. No, absolutely. There was less first turn crashes than I predicted, though. Absolutely, yeah. And somebody took that water hose away from the moron from practice. <laughs> Oh, that I actually went back and I sent out a tweet. I looked at the 2010 Dallas track, which had the mother of all first turn crashes. Yeah, where I think, yeah, like 15 <laughs> out of the 20 riders in the 250 main that night crashed but, and and bag at one. All the difference, the entire difference, was the angle of the tough blocks on the inside of turn one. This time they actually made the inside round. Back in 10, it was like basically two tough blocks pointing into the track. <laughs> uh, you, I mean, it's amazing how little, how how much of a difference something that small can make, which almost makes you wonder: Do you give them credit for fixing it this time, or can you believe that they ever did it wrong once? <laughs> Weed, you you replayed that in the press box at YouTube. I, I beg people to go back and look at that. You got to see that the whole pack just goes down. <laughs> I forgot about that. And wasn't Stroop, yeah. Stroop was second and Baggett was first, and they had like a twenty second lead or something on everybody. Um, well, that was um, that was the Sipes. Sipes had that one locked. You know, he got blocked by lappers late. Sipes has led that whole race. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Was he on yeah. a Moto Concepts bike or was he? Was that a star bike? Uh, I, don't remember. I can't remember. Yeah, I think, I think that would have been Moto Concepts. I think that year. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. Just if you want to see some some fun, folks, just look up Dallas Supercross 2010 250 class, and the start is the greatest first turn crash ever. Yeah. Yeah. We did a story. We did a whole story in that in the magazine. I think we interviewed every single rider who was down. I really think it was like thirteen guys. Really, I don't remember. That. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, it was uh, awesome. Um, all right. Anything else? We haven't talked about Chad Reed. <laughs> really? Oh yeah. We I, I said we were going to talk about Chad Reed. Well, yeah. there wasn't much to talk about. It was a complete disaster. There really isn't much to say. Um, came out in the first practice. I saw him do a couple of triples. I saw him go through the whoops once. And that's about it. Uh, he skipped the second practice, which we knew, right, JT, was going to be the plan all along. Um, yep. Came out for the third practice, attempted to go one hard lap, made it about half a lap, pulled off. And insert the taps sound for Chad Reed in his season probably, or at least uh, the next uh, four to six weeks or something. But uh, uh, Careful, don't give any numbers out. Oh, right. well, yeah, right. Well, there was, there was something that they were worried about, basically something that was already broken – but it was kind of in place, basically. It wasn't displaced, and they're really worried about that getting worse. Like, that was the main concern all week, kind of, was mm-hmm. stabilizing this particular area of his shoulder. And he rode the, the first untimed, and, it, you know, it was painful and whatever. Skipped the second, skipped the first time, went out for the last one, uh, did a warm-up lap or two, and then as soon as he landed off the finish line to go for his fast lap, the front tire slid and he had to basically use the right side to stay, you know, grab the bike basically. And it, that let go, whatever, you know, that, that area that they were concerned about Mm -hmm. gave way. Like the, what they were scared of happening happened. And that was, it was done. Like he didn't put his arm back on the back on the bike. The rest, you know, he just rode back to the truck basically without doing anything. He didn't even put his hand back on the handlebar. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I would assume that, whatever needs to be fixed is going to get fixed, you know, in the next day or two. Yeah. It's unfortunate. We were right about this one. Uh, and we thought it would be really tough and kind of puts a, a, definitely puts a little bit of a bummer, uh, on the series. 
Uh, what a what a terrific story he was writing here. The the guy coming back with a couple of wins and everything else. Um, and yeah, I, when do you think we'll see him back? I mean, if he has surgery, JT, would he stay out all the Supercross? Do you think, or I think he would come back? Depending on uh, the diagnosis and prognosis, you know, whenever he gets fixed, you know, I'm not totally sure what the what the fix is or what you know mm-hmm, yeah. the time frame. And I, th- I think that's why there was a uh, you know a big debacle yesterday with the time frame because I don't think that decision has been made yet per se. Mm-hmm. But I think if if he can be back in Supercross, I think he will because I think uh, basically his sponsors want that okay. you know, as a one yeah. rider team and they're writing big checks. I really think that they do. Yeah, I think that that's the only reason he was out there last year is because he kind of had to be. So mm-hmm. I would think that, that that same dynamic is in place where hey, if you can be out there, if you can make this happen, then get out there. So we'll see. I mean, there's still what uh, nine or ten weeks left in this deal. Yeah. Um, you know, if he's out for whatever the number is, say it's somewhere yeah. between four and eight weeks, or who who knows? I, I don't really know that number, but you know even what? if he could race the last couple, I mean, that would be that would be good for his team and his sponsors, and I think good for Chad to get out there and get you know a little yeah. bit of racing in before we go outside. You know what's insane is that when you said that JT about what is there left nine or eight or nine of these things, yeah, there's there's nine races left. No, yeah, I mean, we're ten, not even halfway so, yet. Sorry, so. ten, 10 races left. Um, yeah, we're not. So no, there's, I mean, no, I'm saying I can't believe how fast the season's already gone. I can't believe we're already done seven. You know? That's all. Just, yeah, but if you look at it, we're not even halfway yet. Then it kind of like, yeah, right. I guess that's, you know. Are we halfway this weekend or next week? Or, or you know, um, Indianapolis? I think halfway after Atlanta will be halfway. Well, there's 17 races, so there truly is no halfway. Right. So on Wednesday after Atlanta we'll be halfway. No. No. Half ten laps. Ten main. laps into the main of Indy. We'll, okay. We'll be we will we will revisit this at Indy on <laughs> lap ten. <laughs> we are I now... will run through the press box with a with a green and white flag and a cross sign. <laughs> We're halfway. Um <laughs> Yeah, bummer we each uh that uh, Chad had to go out like this. I think the only thing that prevented it from being um, more of a bummer. I mean, it's really, really bad. I think the the thing that made it a little bit more of a glancing blow is that uh, let's say Stewart didn't win last week. Let's imagine if Filippota won the last two races. But it just so happens that the, the same point that Reed went out is the exact point where oh wait now we got another guy who could maybe take uh, Filippota down. Mm-hmm. That's two one two in a row, and I think that um, you know I think leaving the building at the end of the night. The, you heard more thoughts and buzz about, whoa, wait a minute. Stu's are starting to get on a roll here. We haven't seen this with him in Supercross in a long time. What does this mean? What's happening? Mm-hmm. You definitely heard more of that than you heard. Sucks for Chad. That yeah. shows how this sport is. It's just the way it goes. He he pulled out of the race six hours before Stewart won it. So yeah. it's a little less missing a shit. I feel like Dallas a couple years ago was worse because you really did start to feel that it was just those two. Yeah, yeah. Um, just goes to show way, you like, that it's all rigged. Yeah, <laughs> it's all they, they rigged. Another star, just when the other one went out. They, they couldn't have done it any better either with Kenny and the fake cast before the season starts. The, the script writers have been working overtime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think I'd, I want to throw in one more thing before we're done. Like we talked, I think last week about the when they get to the actual East Coast races that have different dirt. 
how much of a difference that will make for Villapoto. That's an even stronger uh, point now because he had another not superb one, decent. I mean, he got fourth, mm-hmm. but it wasn't great. Stu's got some momentum. I mean, that's becoming a bigger factor. Like, oh, is it going to change completely when they're on the different dirt, or is Villapoto seriously going to be in some trouble here? I think I think two out of the next three races are arguably Stewart's best of the year. So I think this Atlanta is a huge three-week span we have going on here, coming up. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. And as you saw last year, there's still enough guys in it. I mean, we just saw Villapoto had not a horrible night, but he just ends up fourth anyway. It was the same thing last year, like with Millsaps. Like, you don't have to be off by much to be off the podium and hand over big chunks of points. It's not like it was five or ten years ago where the worst Carmichael Reed we're ever going to do was third. That's the worst they could ever do. We had, I mean, Stewart made up seven points easy this in, weekend. Villapoto didn't even crash. In 2003, we had the same podium finishers at seven straight races. Yeah. It was, it was Carmichael, Reed, Ernie for seven straight races or something. <laughs> yeah. So Stewart can make up the, the 14 easy. Uh, depending how it goes. That's how Villapoto made up all that ground on Millsaps. Not like Millsaps had a bunch of DNS last year. Yeah. Stu's coming, bro. Well, Stu's coming. It's the, the rain. Villapoto's just got Villapoto's just got to mathematically set it up where he can win a few races and then he can just get second every week all the way out. F you. I will, I will come through this phone. <laughs> it's raining yellow. It's starting to drizzle. It's He's coming. Get ready. He is. He Bat, is. Batten down the hatches. I really, I really feel like that you know, I know I've already made this point a couple times, but I, I think this is the, the most crucial part of this season is coming up. The next three races are going to be yep. make or break. That we're going to see the champion be decided in this this next three weekends. I still feel though. I know I'm, I just finished saying batting down the hatches and it's raining yellow and all that, but I still feel like Villapoto's still in a good spot. Everything's good. In the words of Lebowski, nothing is aft, dude. Nothing is aft. I agree. I agree, but I think that the next three weeks are going to mean everything. If Filippoto can stop this deal, then I think the the pendulum swings the other way. But if if Stewart can make good on his best three tracks here, uh, yeah, it's it's I'm, it's definitely not panic time. But mm-hmm. we may have a totally different championship going down the stretch. Do you need me to bring up my Dean Wilson panic scene? For no, Filippoto? I, I think we're good. I think you may get. Sharp objects thrown at your head in the, in the Kawasaki truck if you bring that well, up. Well, nothing could be worse than what I saw this weekend. <laughs> so. Uh, um, all right, anything else? No, I think we're good. Okay. The, the online editor has said we're good. The um, BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. This has been your Dallas Supercross wrap-up. Terrific race. Um, lots of drama, fantastic deal, and we're moving on to Atlanta, and then Indy, and then Daytona. Are you? Will you be attending the rest of these, Weege? Nope. Oh, before we go, why well, anything? Anything about the TV show that we should know? Nope. Okay, fantastic. Well done, boys. Well done. Excellent job. Yeah, uh, spoken like a true, true champion that you are. Um. JT, thank you. Weege, thank you. And uh, we'll see you guys in the ATL this Saturday night. Thanks. See ya. This has been the BTOsports.com podcast show presented by Fox Racing.
Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunis. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And McGill was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right, and, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't been there. The Hurricane, Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. Absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. I mean, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Go circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pit and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over 500 more great motocross podcasts. The days and the months and the years come.